Yesterday was a big day for talk here at 640 Toronto. Uh, Doug Ford, the premier, came in, had a sit down with John Oakley. That went like at least 45 minutes. I was walking home with my earbuds in while walking to the GO train to get home. And I was listening to that conversation. I thought it was a really uh, interesting conversation. There is something that stood out to me, though. And I don't know if it stood out to you. I'm going to play the clip right now. Okay, so... I found it confusing. Here's the premier talking to Doug for or to Doug Ford talking to John Oakley about what he calls attainable housing. So he says there's affordable housing and attainable housing, and and here's a little snippet. They're coming out with uh, what attainable housing is. We're working with stakeholders. What is it? It's, it's basically you're going to be able to own a home, but it's going to be more attainable. But do you know where the problem yeah, but is? What does here? that mean, Doug? What does it mean? It's attainable. That's yeah, attainable. It's going to be a lower cost than regular priced homes. You're geared to what? And, and Income? The way, then the way we, we do it is we're looking for land right across the province, uh, provincially owned land. The, the highest cost of building anything is the dirt, as we call it, the land itself. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Confusion. So once again, John Oakley asks him the same question farther down the interview. You've got family members. Some of your daughters are married to police officers. Yeah, three out of four. You know, there's another issue that's uh, arisen because a lot of the police officers, even despite people thinking that they're making pretty good coin, can't afford to live in Toronto. There's a lot of that. Absolutely. Yeah, the affordability issue, which gets me back to you never did answer the question. What's the difference between affordability and attainability? Well, again, uh, we're going to be coming out with that definition very, very shortly. Yeah, I don't think you should be able to use the term attainability if you don't know the definition of it yet. I think it it's concerning to me, Doug Ford's inability to define the difference between attainable housing and affordable housing. That is concerning. Isn't it the same thing? And if it's not, it certainly doesn't instill confidence when you use a term that you cannot define or explain yet. Maybe they'll get there. And fingers crossed they do, because I think housing should be attainable. But isn't attainable and for affordable similar? Here to talk about it, Richard Lyle, president of Brezcon, who uh, represent builders of high-rise, mid-rise, low-rise residential buildings. And they construct the bulk of new housing in the province, which is going swimmingly, because Toronto got a whack of money yesterday for exceeding their expectations with new housing starts, and Brampton did today. Um, so, Richard, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Is there a difference between affordable and attainable housing in your mind? Well, there is, but we just don't know exactly what it is. There is a definition of affordability, and I, you know, it's the old CMHC definition, which is 30% of your pre-tax income. Not more than that should be spent on housing. And, of course, with the housing crisis, we've blown way past that now. I think the average income in Canada required to buy a new home is about 185000 How many people can hit that target? You know, we've lost the first-time home buyer now. We can't really build new housing for the middle class, and that is a serious problem. One of the things that came up, though, was that, of course, as you can imagine, uh, you know, okay, how do we – maybe we should redefine affordable. Well, that, that really doesn't make any sense. And so this idea of attainable housing came up because of that gap between, you know, base affordability and whatever it is that, you, you know, the 185 or whatever – there's this notion of attainable, but it hasn't been defined yet. Um, so I kind of felt for the premier yesterday. I heard that too. Yeah, but he brought it up. I mean, I yeah, get no, that you no, felt no, for no, him, no. but don't use the term if you're not willing to ex- explain it. Self-inflicted wound. Yeah. That's right. It's one of these jargon points that gets kicked around. And 
And, and so you define attainable. What does it really mean anyways? What does it matter at the end of the day? You know, the fact is, is that we've, we've moved so far off the mark of affordability now that, you know, we really need to just focus on, okay, what can people afford and how do we get our prices down? Because, you know, our costs are just too high. And, and of course, it's one of the big things you know there is, and we did the report on this, which was, you know, how much do people spend on taxes, fees, and levies when they buy new housing now? And it's 31%. And that's in less than a generation. So we've got to fix those things, and we have other things to fix. It's gone up 31% less than a generation? No, what's happened there is that it is now 31% of the total, so it's a million bucks. But right. I would I would argue that in sometime between 15 and 20 years, the equivalent of a down payment on $1 million, which is $200,000, is the increase in development charges and HST alone. Wow. And that's what, that's what young people are facing, and it's just not right. I'm, you know, what so, can I say? So you, you it, it, Richard, we're speaking with Richard Lyle, the president of ResCon, represents builders of high-rise, mid-rise, low-rise residential buildings. Um, it doesn't matter to you what the Ford government comes out with as far as it, the definition it, to attainable um, means eventually. It's, it, you, know, you that, need to get things built. You know, definitions are like you invent the wheel and it gets held up because you're trying to pick the right color for it. Who really cares, right? We know what the numbers are. We know the challenge we're facing right now. We know we have to get our costs down. We know we need more land to build on. You know, builders want to build. That's mm-hmm. what we want to do. and We want to have happy clients. Now, one good thing there is that they did, the federal government did it, and the provincial government did knock the HST off for purpose-built rentals. We're saying you got to do that for at least first-time home buyers too. Mm-hmm. Because they're, they're out of the market. And, you know, our young people, even our best and brightest, forget about ones that are even more challenged. You know, they, they we, we're losing a lot of people to the states right now yeah. uh, because for opportunity to go to Austin, Texas, pay half the income tax and get three times more housing for the buck. And a big part of that is these additional, like, you look at, the, you know, Kelly, development charges. They've gone up 900% in just over a decade. And that's at the same time that real incomes have not budged. How do you justify that? You can't. It's ridiculous. You brought up, you know, they say, well, growth has to pay for growth. But that's not a development. A development charge is just a regressive tax on new home buyers and renters. Although they, you know, again, they fix that. But, you know, so we need to put all of these things in perspective. We need to increase the supply of housing. Yep. Uh, interest rates are a big part of that, but that's not the only problem. This, you know, we're in a perfect storm right now where all the chickens have come home to roost. You know, the inefficient regulatory process, the lack of land that they weren't measuring properly, other things that have gone wrong. I want a long list there. And then, of course, the taxes, fees and levies. They're just, you know. Richard, I want to I want to get in on this because you've brought up land a couple of times, and so did the yeah. premier. He said they're looking for. Um, you said we need more land to build on. The premier said, you know, we're looking at provincial land. What the What the heck would he do? I'm trying to figure out how you know would would uh, the province offer this land up for uh, so called attainable housing? How can you see that working out? What do you think he means by that? Well, so. I'm going to put attainable aside. Yeah. Let's just look at land itself. You've got a myriad of government agencies, boards, and so on that own land. The province also owns land. The federal government has land. The municipal governments have land. 
and they're not using it efficiently. And there are plenty of opportunities there to, to um, you know, both with infill brownfield land and also with uh, crown lands where now that takes a lot longer because it's not service, but there's lots of serviced sites or sites that are in areas that are serviced that can be used for housing and used much more efficiently. The only problem with that is that, you know, you don't, you can't really count on government being nimble and acting urgently on this, on these matters. So how long will it take well, to actually get that land to market? And I hear what you're saying, but when you hear Doug Ford not being able to define something, then you lose faith because people, Doug says he wants to get things done, but it's like, I'm losing faith if you don't know how to define your own term that you keep uh, throwing out there. And, uh, you know, it's making everybody kind of question their, you know, uh, how, how confident they are. But Brownfield, what is that? Brownfield is, is basically land that's within an existing urban area that ha- that has been used uh, uh, for other purposes, but currently is not being used or it's not being used to its, you know, to its full capacity. So if you think of, like, think along the Eglinton LRT where, you know, they built these one-story uh, uh, stations for the LRT – without allowing for further development above that, you know, in terms of foundations and stuff like that, where you build a one-story LCBO, for example, where you could have an eight, you know, you could have seven floors of residential above that and still have an LCBO. We gotta, we've got to use our, you know, we have to densify a lot more and use the land more efficiently. Mm. And then there are areas where we've got industrial lands that have been not used for 50 years but they're hanging, you know, municipalities are hanging on to some industrial lands. Would they have to be remediated? No, no, not at all. They just, you got to change the zoning. And, you know, and then you got places like in other jurisdictions where they have a more simplified zoning process, which allows these lands to be used. Like in, for example, Tokyo, the biggest city of the world has a residential industrial zone, for example, Mm. where you can do light fabrication and have housing mixed into the same area we can't you know you can't do that here right can you drink the water yeah absolutely all right well listen uh, richard i'm going to leave it at that i really appreciate your time today thank you so much for joining us and uh you know walking us through this because we you know it was a head scratcher for me yesterday and uh i I really appreciate you uh giving us your expertise yeah thank you all right have a great weekend richard lyle president of rescon